Um, we looked at a lot of other different social platforms and some of them have like communities and groups, but just nothing to the level of insight control and engagement that a Facebook group has. This is Stay Paid, the marketing podcast that gives listeners a competitive edge to stay motivated, find inspiration, and discover proven real-world tactics from some of the best marketers across the nation. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acri. And before we bring on our guest today, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you're not already subscribed and while you're there, drop us a review along with a comment. We'll read it here on the show. Our guests today are David and L. Denning. They are co-founders of Jumpstart Go and Marketing for Insurance Agents. They help insurance agency owners double their revenue and have built a Facebook group of 30,000. We're going to talk about that today. We will talk about that. They love to travel while being able to run a location-independent business and building it together as a husband and wife team. David and L, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Really excited. Oh, we are excited to have you. I shared in the green room before we came on. We call it the green room, even though it's just Zoom. It's the same before color. We, yeah, instead, instead before <laughs> we press record, in the green room with your peanut M&Ms. And no, but we were talking about how I've, you know, I've run into you guys so often out on the road. So it's, I'm surprised it's taken us so long to get you on because you guys are beast at marketing, entrepreneurship, sales training. I can't wait to pick your brain. I want to start with this concept of the Facebook group that you guys built and dive right in because I'm hearing that people should be starting Facebook groups. Um, we in full transparency just suck at it. Like I'll just say it like that. Like we have how many people in our group? 4,000 maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but we just don't, <laughs> we just don't get it. That's see, that's why we suck at it. We don't even know how many people are in our group, but um, so any clients that are on apologize, but we just don't get the traction and the engagement from our group. So we've started it, but we just like, and I'm a marketer in myself, but I try not to just be over marketing in the group. What do you guys think about Facebook groups as a concept for insurance agents or real estate agents? Should they do them? Should they not? And then let's talk about how you actually have it run a successful group. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to hop in there. I think um, Facebook currently and right now has the best platform for building communities, which obviously have a lot of pros and benefits as you grow your business, whether it's real estate, insurance, whether it's targeted towards your uh, your customers or targeted to your referral partners um, and building relationships and stuff there, um, or even within your own client base, uh, of course, as well. So um, we looked at a lot of other different social platforms and some of them have like communities and groups, but just nothing to the level of insight control and engagement that a Facebook group has. In fact, some very, very big marketers out there um, have tried moving other platforms and stuff like school, S-K-O-O-L is like kind of a new cool one coming out. And they just realized their their engagement dropped significantly trying to move away from them. So like it or not, they're really, really good and powerful. And I, I highly, highly recommend people consider looking at them and if not even creating their own, then joining other groups to connect, participate and leverage other groups um, strategically and providing value, of course. Um, but building your own does require a work and a strategy. So something that we learned over the years um, somewhat the hard way initially is like you can build a group and get people to join it, but it's not really going to be valuable unless you're strategically do providing value in the group and doing it in such a way that is getting that engagement and participation um, so that the group's actually valuable. Because if people come in and they don't engage, 
then Facebook stops showing them content from mm. that group. And you might have 4,000 or however many in there, but they're not seeing any of your content that you're doing in there because they haven't engaged with it. So it's almost like they weren't even in the group um, at all at that point. Mm. So that's something we did learn because we grew a group and we were like, how do we keep this engagement at a high level? And it's not just posting as many times as possible, which I think a lot of people get caught up and think, okay, this is going to take forever and so much work to really do anything here but that's not really how you do build it. And so if you're, if you're doing it right, it's a, a long-term reward and a huge asset that you build, um, but it's not an overnight, like quick thing, like, you know, like insurance industry, people love purchasing leads and stuff and then working the leads and selling them. It's not exactly like that for Facebook groups, but it's very powerful because there's so many additional things that come out of that besides just lead gen. Um, and, uh, I love it. I mean, we love building communities. We're very passionate about it. Well, I've seen it from, and I think you guys helped Joe Campert, right? Did you guys help Mm -hmm. Joe Campert with his group? So Joe Campert has the insurance syndicate. If you're in insurance Mm -hmm. listening to this and you're not a part of that group, get in that group. Um, right. But, um, it's incredible the engagement he has in his group. Um, and you guys got him off the ground doing that. And I think he has like 5,000 members, but his group compared to ours is just night and day. So active. Yeah. yeah, his group is so active, commenting. Can you talk just any tangible like hacks of like, it's not about how many you post you do. What type of posts should you be doing in your group? Yeah, so I think one of the mistakes that we made early on was that we were trying to like, post every day inside of the group. And we would do like, uh, you know, Monday connection type posts and a Tuesday share your business. And uh, what we really found actually the most effective uh, is Facebook Live actually Hmm. and doing one piece of what we call pillar content every single week. And that was something that we could commit to as far as getting, you know, being small business owners, like you also don't have a ton of time to pump into your marketing, right? So uh, one hour every single week at the same time that we essentially ran a show of a Facebook Live. And Joe Campert has like really even taken that a next level. I think he almost has a Facebook Live running every single day inside of his Facebook group and making it extremely value driven. Uh, so if you kind of have done any studies on like webinars and running effective webinars, kind of same idea as far as running your Facebook live, uh, we like to kind of cover three points, um, in our Facebook live and then do a soft call to action at the end of the Facebook live. We do that once a week and then, uh, we do, uh, additional content that essentially, promotes the Facebook Live, and then is also uh, promotes the replay of the Facebook Live as well, so that we're sending people back to the Facebook Live through our email, text message as well. So um, one other thing that I'll say is very important if you're if you're creating a Facebook group uh, with lead generation in mind is to set up a piece of technology that will capture email addresses and phone numbers off of membership questions so that Mm. you can build those assets off of Facebook and promote the content that you're doing inside of the group to an email and SMS list, Um, getting them back into the group, getting them engaged, getting them commenting on your Facebook live. Facebook is seeing that affinity that's happening between 
you or the, you know, your people that are in your Facebook group and your content. So they're going to be more likely to see Facebook group content showing up in their feed. You got to realize people are not in the Facebook group. The content that they're seeing from the group is showing up delivered to them Mm. in a Facebook feed. So you want to create that affinity between your people and your group content. Do you feel like you're constantly chasing after new leads? Does it feel like you're on a hamster wheel running forward, but not getting anywhere? That's not the life you imagined when you got into this business. Listen in as Luke Acri and I prove the extraordinary power of referrals and the money you can make using referral-based marketing. Our free webinar shows you how to stay top of mind, nurture clients, and automate your marketing so you can get off the hamster wheel for good. Go to ReminderMedia.com slash hamster wheel. Yes, that's the real URL. We named it that so you'd remember. Go there to find out the secrets that the top producers are using to live the life of freedom you know you deserve. That's ReminderMedia.com slash hamster wheel. Take action on this today. How long did it take you to build like an audience live? Because we tried lives once a week for how long two did days, we stick two with days. it? No, we stuck with it for maybe a few, a, a few months. And it's like we could not get people to show up live. Uh, you know, three or four mm-hmm. people would show up. And it got to the point where it's like, oh, man. <laughs> like we're just... Yeah. We stopped doing it. Like, should we have stopped or should we have kept going and pushed through that barrier of, hey, we're not getting the engagement. We're not getting people showing up live. We're getting people watching the replays. Like, what's your thought process behind the the audience attendance, I guess? So a few things there. Yeah, definitely keep doing it because consistency plays a big factor in the algorithm and what you're doing there and also getting your audience used to those happening and going on and coming and participating um, because Facebook does heavily reward Facebook lives. And that does play a factor inside of the group. And then also Facebook promoting that group for you. Because as your group gets more members and more engagement and Facebook live is a factor of that, that Facebook loves, then Facebook will into the suggested groups or, Hey, you might like this group also on, on that and Facebook will put that in front of your target audience to have them organically join your group, which is great, especially if you run ads at all, because now that's free people joining your group also. And that was a big factor in a lot of our growth, because, I mean, we originally grew it to 15,000 just organically mm. before we ever started, you know, also running some ads to, for people joining the group. And so the engagement is a big factor. And I'll tell you how big it is, because we actually really like running webinars. And, um, and so we, with webinars, we will get more attendance and other stuff. And there's a lot of benefits of those, but we started just running webinars and saw a big drop in the organic joins of our group and how much Facebook was pushing our group because we stopped doing the Facebook lives and we're doing the webinars. So now we do a split. We do a two and two. We do a live webinar, live webinar. So we're still doing the lives that Facebook likes, but we will balance it with webinars too. So it is, it does play a factor. And I will say initially, yeah, you got to get people there. So that's where really having a good process to get them there as a factor. So we do anticipation posts earlier in the day to let them know that it's upcoming at what time and that they can comment. And then we'll even have a team send them some reminders. We send out an email and a text that morning. Hey, this is happening later today. And then we send it out right as it's starting the email. But the biggest thing is the text as it's starting so that they can click the link. And Super then just hop smart. On the slide. Yeah, so great tip. Heavily. But I'm also going to say it's not a big, big deal if we don't, you know, on the number of people on live. It's nice because you get the interaction, but we heavily leverage the replays. And that's okay. also where the majority of people see it and access it. And it leads into conversations with our team. So for me, it's nice. And it does, you know, it's it's good for some engagement on there. But once you have like, 
you know, 15, 20, 25, especially if they're engaging with you in the live and asking some things, it's not that big of a deal depending on the number there because you're going to leverage the replay as well. Smart. No, I, I don't want people to miss that tip because this is something we haven't done. I can't believe it that we, we didn't do it, but actually creating an email list of the people in your group, not relying on Facebook to push out the notifications because everyone gets so many notifications, yeah, so but actually smart. building a list where you can yeah. reach them specifically separately. Do you mind um, sharing how much you spent on advertising? Because you mentioned you grew it organically to about 15000 Then you began putting some actual spend behind promoting it. I'm assuming you were targeting other insurance agents. Do you mind sharing like how much you were spending a day? Uh, we spend anywhere today, we spend about $300 a day, um, in ad spend. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't start there. We didn't start there. I think when we first started running ads, we started with like $20 a day, um, just to, you know, test it, make sure that it worked. And so that's been something that we've ramped up ad spend over over time. Do you see, for example, so like for, uh, for you guys, you're, you know, building a group of insurance agents for us, we're building a group of our clients. Um, Mm -hmm. but for the agent, right, whether they're selling life insurance, health insurance, Medicare, or the real estate side or whatever, it's like, what are some things you're seeing maybe in the insurance side of groups they're making? Like how, how do they make a group and how do they make it relevant? Yeah. And so that's something that we, we cover within like our programs a lot and that agents go do, but we do let them know, we do want them to capitalize on like the shorter term things that they're not doing first. Um, just even off their personal social strategies and stuff, we teach them to leverage, um, and everything before getting into the groups because groups is a time commitment and it's a little bit of longer play. So I don't want agents hopping into that thing. Kind of like sometimes agents hop straight into websites or SEO and it's like, why are you not doing the short term stuff first? And you're already hopping to the long term, but you need cash flow. You need stuff going. Like you can't spend six months Great waiting point. on SEO instead of doing the short term things right now. So that's the same thing with groups. I don't want someone going and starting a group off the bat before they've even done the basics and even leveraging their personal strategies. So with the groups, though, um, yeah, I mean, the, some of the things I'm seeing now is a lot of local stuff. Okay. So like um, uh, we have an agent in Arizona, he actually just started, started this group of Arizona, like small business owners and like helping connect and promote that, which is great for insurance agents um, and real estate as well, because it's a lot about these connections or referral partner relationships. But then we see agents like take up more of a final expense or Medicare approach, creating groups for like senior living or senior like news or, you know, senior oh, like smart. health or whatever um, for those groups. And they'll either promote like things that are going on or news updates and changes or activities happening in their areas, things like that. But it's really just targeting it to whatever your target audience is, but making it very interesting. Anything that if I was an insurance agent, I'm not going to go create a group about final expense insurance and like, Oh, people come join this. No one's excited about that. You got to think like a consumer and like, what are they going to actually enjoy? What are they going to be a part of? What are they going to like? And you got to create a group around that. But I think the biggest opportunity is actually collaboration between these industries, right? Like if an insurance agent gets with one of their real estate agents and gets with a mortgage loan officer, for example, and they're creating a group, especially within the city or even state of like, hey, this is, you know, a group community for this city, everything going on. Here's the, you know, need to knows. Here's the events going on. Here's the points of contact. Here's a history. And like, you know, and just promoting involvement in there between them and even highlighting small business is, well, they're the only insurance agent, the only mortgage loan officer, and the only real estate in that group. And then they basically just end up bringing and working with people out of that group altogether. And so there's all kinds of ways to leverage them. 
Um, but those are just a few ideas to get the heads, you know, spinning on how you can really leverage groups that are targeted towards your audiences without it being about the product you're selling. Yeah, it's so good. Go ahead, Elle. We really encourage our clients to get out into their communities as well. So if they are doing a local community-based Facebook group, um, actually like getting out to small businesses, featuring restaurants, hair salons, nail salons, you know, new businesses that are opening and promoting those on, on their personal. We really work with them on building their personal profiles, like David said before, even Facebook groups. But this is like really great content that anybody that's maybe new to the area, moving to the area, or is just like interested in what's going on in their community. Um, and it's valuable to people that are that are local in that neighborhood and living in that community. And we even encourage them to put together like a cheat sheet of like top best, you know, restaurants or the best parks. So if they're idea. like targeting families with young kids, like these are the best like parks. These are the best like activities to do as a family that you can do, you know, without having to pay a bunch of money or, you know, things like that, that becomes a resource and almost an excuse to reach out to prospects uh, and, you know, have conversations with them and provide value to them. Yeah. It's such and a good to, idea. I was gonna say two other like real areas are, we have a lot of clients that speak English as a second language, maybe they're first generation mm -hmm. immigrants. And so they're creating groups for Hungarian expats living in blank state or in the U.S. even just if they sell in multiple states and they're talking in their own language. They're helping these people out. And these these are the people that people want to do business with as someone who can speak my own language and understands, you know, me and my struggles and, and, and pain points. And so they're having huge opportunities of that because as soon as they're they get a few customers in that space they're getting referred to everybody in that space and so that's a huge thing and then on the flip side from like direct like sales like on the building your business and hiring or insurance and real estate recruiting like that's building groups for how to make money online living location independent or digitally that's really available in this space and getting groups there they're like hey I'd love to do that. I want to get away from blank job. I want to learn about how to do a business. Yeah. I'd love to hear about working with you and coming and joining with what you got going on. And so those kind of groups are great for like recruiting side of the business. It really taps into, I was at a conference I was speaking at recently and one of the guys that was hosting the conference, he was just sharing in one of his transitions. He was like, look, people do business with people they like, but people do business even more with people that are like them. And I was like, oh, that's mm -hmm. such a great way to phrase it. It's like, we all know, know, like, and trust, right? But mm -hmm. it's like, it's not only just they like you, it's like, no, 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 you're like them. And that yes. is, to build your Facebook group around commonality is so powerful. So talk a little bit about this producer academy that you have, mm -hmm. right? So you guys are helping people with sales and training them. I'd love for you to share a little bit about, hey, this producer academy, how are you thinking about training salespeople to become better producers? What's your thought process there? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a few different programs. We work directly with insurance agents and agency owners and helping them grow and scale. And one of the programs uh, that's specifically sales focused is called Producers Academy. It's a three month sales intensive. One of our main coaches and trainers, uh, Trista Giancotti, is the one who uh, developed and runs that program, has huge experience on really both the life and PNC side of the industry, building sales teams, managing and building her own agency before she sold it and helping take um, some agencies to top the agencies in her state. And so she's developed this very much on, hey, this is to help people sell more. 
Um, so that's really what the focus of this is. It, we primarily have worked with insurance agents in that space, but really I, this, this would work real estate or really any sales-based industry for it. But with it, it's really focused on everything that goes into not necessarily the legion and marketing. We have other programs that we help help with that side, but into them being able to produce more. Some of that's of course mindset and stuff, but getting into um, the sales call reviews, the live dials, objection handling, one call closing, and really getting into how to um, increase their numbers, but also their their goals, their mindset behind that, because some of that's the limiting factors in them coming in of like, hey, I can only ever sell this much or, oh, this number that's a little bit more than I'm doing would be great. Like, no, you can do triple this number. So yes. we've had people come in and we've literally like had a life agent, our very first um, round of starting this program, had a life agent come in. She, her name's Amy and she, her best month ever in final expense had been 15,000 in production. And, uh, and so she came in and within that first month, she did 30,000 in production, which her goal was like breaking the 15 and then it was 20. And then Trista was like, no, your goal is 30. You're, you're going to hit 30 and pushed her to where she hit the 30,000 and she got promotions within the company that led to commission increases for her and made a huge difference for her. And now it's, she regularly is one of the top 10 producers in the company. It's incredible. So it's, it's the four minute mile um, scenario that everybody knows mm-hmm. about. It's literally yeah. a, limiting beliefs are so interesting. Um, and we've talked about this many times on episodes of just yeah. like, People don't want to give credibility to the fact that no, 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 you do have limited beliefs and your mindset does matter. And if you break, and if you, if you actually embrace, some people call it drinking the Kool-Aid, but if you actually embrace that mindset and limiting, limiting beliefs exist, then you can actually transform your life. But I run into so many people who just like, they think of motivation as corny and they think of motivation or mindset and limiting beliefs as something that, you know, you hear from a guru on stage and it's just such, such a shame because you can see the bed that they've made for themselves. And you're just like, man, you just can't see it and get them to actually face that. So I want to switch gears as we wrap up because I'd love uh, to know. So you guys read, I think the book four hour work week or whatever from Tim Ferriss. Let me ask you, do you actually believe in the four hour work week or no? Cause I don't believe in it, but I'd love to get your take and please tell me your take. <laughs> I want to get Elle's thoughts on this as well, yeah. as well as some of that, probably some of that story, which is pretty, pretty interesting in that. But at the time, which I read it, we were living in South Africa. Um, I was working on a, a project over there and, uh, and we were knew we were going to be coming back to the U S and, you know, my friend introduced me to this book. And I never really considered entrepreneurship. I was like, I got a college degree. I'm gonna work in engineering construction. I'm gonna do this thing. And they're like, you know what? I really just passionate about traveling and living and kind of being in control of our own lives and destinies and read this book and it just completely opened up my mind. But no, I don't believe in the four hour work week. In fact, Tim Ferriss admits that that was just the title that tested best. And so that's what he's he a great marketer. The title. He's a fantastic <laughs> he's a marketer. marketer. His podcast is pretty solid too. It um, is. <laughs> and uh, some of our favorite podcast episodes are like, and with Schwarzenegger and Terry Crews and some really good ones. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, the whole point of that book, you know, if you, if people read past the title is about efficiency, yes. um, is about leverage is about utilizing teams and resources to get the maximum production possible. Cause he's a growth hacker and a biohacker. Um, and his whole thing is whether it's my personal body or my business, how do I get the most results for what I do? Yes. And that's, that's the big thing it took away as long with the, Oh, you can run businesses online location independent. And then we can live where we want, which led to some other crazy stuff. But that's, that's kind of what I took away. Well, 
Yeah. So, I mean, I think the concept of that, like you can basically retire now or have like retirement is something that's available to you now. Why wait until you're 65? We're kind of like steeped in this idea that you have to work so hard until you're 65 and then you retire and then you enjoy retirement. So that's something that I think that I really uh, align with as far as like a philosophy goes of that, like, do not like deny yourself opportunities to travel has been something that's been huge for us because we love travel. We love experiencing cultures. Um, And so we really, the, the part of four hour work week that transformed us was really having, removing the limiting belief that we've got to work until we're 65. We have this like certain process that we have to follow um, but that we can start traveling and living abroad now and, and working abroad um, and running a location independent business. So we, we took that step in 2015. At that time, I was so scared and was like, I don't know if we can do this. But by like 2016, we had basically put um, a plan in place so that we were able to run our business for four months of the year in Southeast Asia. So that is um, amazing. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't, it was one of those things like I get, I mean, that was not a thing. We didn't know people that were doing that. That was like working remotely was not a thing in 2015. So I still remember like talking to our families about it. Like we're doing this and just like, they were very supportive, thankfully, but I felt like a little bit, you know, way out there and like, are they even like, do they think that we've lost our minds? Yeah, they're like uh, these like hippies. Corporate jobs? <laughs> <laughs> that is so crazy. Yeah, that is, that is nuts. It's amazing. Like when you look at um, the constraints we put on ourselves, just because that was what our parents had and their grandparents had and their, you know, our great grandparents. It's like wild to think about the boxes that have been built that people never question or never step outside of. And you step outside of them all the time and you realize, and this is actually a key tip for entrepreneurs or people running a business. It's like, what result are you going for? Stop thinking there's a magic way to get there or there's an actual formulaic <laughs> book that's going to help you get there. So true. Just solve the result. Like just solve for it. Like my brother. Do the next right thing. Yeah, he's yeah. phenomenal in real estate. I mean, and he would you know, probably agree with this. He's not the best from a book smart standpoint, right? (laughs) But what he does is he's so pragmatic of solving people's problems. He doesn't think about it the same way everybody else does. He doesn't have the same nervousness of like, I got to go find the right way to do this. He just goes, oh, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to lift this center block and put it two feet to the right. Okay. I'm, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to lift the center block and not thinking about the technical way to do something. All right. Last question for me. And then you can ask, how is it working together? How have you guys done, you know, when you work with family, right? It's tough when you work with your spouse, I can't imagine. (laughs) Um, I feel like you should get both of our opinions on this. Yeah. yeah. uh, I feel like, (laughs) how do you guys pull it off? But we're still married. So that, that helps, um, uh, or is a success. Uh, you know, we, we actually started dating when we were 16, I uh, got married at 21. It's, That's it's, awesome. The summer will be 12 years married. Um, and so almost, it's almost like we kind of grew up together and thankfully grew in the same direction because um, we are definitely different people than, than back then. Um, and that kind of applied to the business side too. We both have different skill sets, focus on different areas, but both are ultimately passionate about what we're building, our goals. And we've always had goals together. So it's like we're not working in um, opposition of each other, but together in it and also not 
necessarily playing in the same sandbox, um, which can sometimes I would I would think cause you know um, some control yeah. or like um, some pushback on things. So, if you I mean, disagree, we, it's our thing in the world we can imagine in a different way, but yeah. If you disagree, how do you come to the decision? Like you have um, your opinion. L, you have your opinion. Like, whose opinion wins out? Or do you take the... I think Alex Hermosi and Layla Hermosi, they go, they don't move forward. They literally just keep hashing it out until they come to agreement. I, I don't know if you guys are saying, I'm just curious. Yeah, we... Uh, I'll say that we typically, when we're moving forward on something, like, we're we're both bought in okay. um, into the decision. If there's something that we disagree on, we also, um, it's kind of like one person in a box as far as, like, who's owning what gotcha. inside of our organization. So, like, you think about, like, having an org chart that, you know, I have my my duties, my responsibilities inside of our organization, that those are the things that I ultimately own and I'm the, deci- the decision maker on. And David has his things that he ultimately owns and he's the decision maker mm. on. So that's great. we're both going to come and we're both going to say our piece, but at the end of the day, we respect each other enough and really believe, I believe like in each other enough and trust that person to make the right decision at the end of the day in their area that they own. So that's how, that's our process. Um, but I'll also say like there, we, I don't know if we've really had a, like a stalemate. I, I really think that like, you know, we are good wow. at kind of talking through things and, and coming so into awesome. alignment on something together. That's I love that. I didn't realize you guys story. dated in high school. That was my wife and I were dated high school and oh, married right after married. like right around 20, <laughs> 21. Yeah. Too as well. That's, that's fun. Wow. And we're coming so up awesome. on, I guess, 11, 11 years this year. So there you go. It's crazy. Congrats. Oh. Yeah, we're 12 years. Yeah, that's nuts. Year, so. <laughs> well, David L thank you so much for coming on uh, the podcast before we close out, let people know how they can connect with you or learn about your Facebook group. Yeah, sure thing. So the Facebook group, we tried to, another tip for Facebook groups is keep it very simple and straight to the point. Uh, clear over clever is a good tip. Um, so our Facebook group is literally called Marketing for Insurance Agents. That is the exact title. If you look it up on Facebook, you will find it. It's 30,000 plus members on there, so it's easy to spot. Um, so I would recommend people come check out the group if they're an insurance agent. we got a ton of resources. We do trainings every week, a lot of good conversations. But also feel free to just shoot me, David Denning or L Denning, a message on Facebook. I read everything. I respond to everything. Um, and I'm always willing to help direct or answer any questions or anything I can help with um, for sure. So those are probably the easiest ways to get in contact. L, did anything else? Yep. You can also find us online at jumpstartgonow.com. Nice. Awesome. Thanks again so much for joining us on the show. You can find those links uh, that David and L mentioned over at staypaidpodcast.com along with the show notes and the video for this episode. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to show your support, two ways we ask you to do that. First, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Drop us a five-star review along with a comment. And the best way to help out the show is to simply share this episode with a friend. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can find us on social media. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acri, L. David, thank you guys so much. You guys are a wealth of knowledge. I'd encourage everybody listening to this, go check out their stuff. They are beast marketers, especially when it comes to social media and content creation. So you won't regret it. A lot of great stuff there. Here's my action item for everybody. Whether you have a Facebook group or not, I think one of the tips you can take away from this and put into action is this idea of the content creation of getting your top 
10, maybe you call it your top three recommendations. And think about that. Your top three recommendations of parks to visit. Your top three recommendations of restaurants to visit. Your top three recommendations for professionals that they should use in the community. Every single one of you can use that. And that's content for your social, for your emails. And it gets you the to become the local expert in the community. Remember, the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every industry is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 